Hello and welcome to Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with jilted brides and guys who like to stay inside. This is your host Adrian, as always with my buddy Paul. Let's get big facted, let's get no capping. Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap Did I tell you, Adrian, one of my friends uh, took a listen to uh, the uh, first episode just last week? And you know how, like, in Friends, they do that joke in one of the episodes about every time they go to see Joey's play where it's like, they they can't figure out what to say to him afterwards, so it's like they compliment the lighting or something oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. I, I, I want to say Alex's exact wording was, it really did sound like a podcast. <laughs> Oh, I think I told you that. My sister had that same uh, critique, or the same compliment to our, one of our unreleased episodes. Who are these people? That's the... <laughs> we, can, we can read between the lines, guys. It sounds like a podcast is just an insult. Yeah, so throw that, on, throw that one away from your compliment book. You don't want to hear it. <laughs> I'll just go ahead and tell you what compliments we do want to hear. Um, pick one of these and come tell me. Uh, something like, Paul, your voice this, is very... This is going to... <laughs> this is gonna be like north korea uh much like their haircuts you have one of a few compliments that you're allowed to choose exactly exactly uh you can tell me paul your voice is very handsome you can go with oh boy your episodes just get better and better i can't believe it comedy the the wit the heart all of it it's just the perfect package paul you too are the perfect package yeah just uh something like that yeah so leave that in the uh, itunes review section uh really need to get those numbers up but yeah what's been up adrian how have you been buddy it's been a crazy week my friend crazy actually not really no it's been incredibly tame i was gonna say uh, uh, anything come back about your uh your paper nope still haven't finished yet gonna <laughs> <laughs> finish it up today or tomorrow uh it's been hot as fuck in california um and i work best outdoors like away from my actual room and so i have a very tight window of me getting up late and when it gets up to 98 degrees where I can just like sit outside and get worked on my laptop. So it's been very unconducive to productivity. Now, Adrian, can I ask you, with your thesis, is this the type of thing where you can make the font larger on your periods to get a little bit closer to finishing it? Is that? No, I just, uh, I put the margins at 1.1 1. 1 oh, <laughs> on every page. That's also uh, a good that, one. Yeah, that, that usually gets me through. Uh, I remember that uh, one time when I was in uh, my yearbook class, uh, a girl that was in there with me asked our yearbook teacher not the english teacher that she was gonna later turn this into like hey do you think that this is really noticeable and she had like three inch margins on her paper it was so clear she was like do you think my teacher's gonna be able to tell that this isn't the two length uh double space that she wanted it was like she was doing a carrot top bit how over the top it was and how good of a prop uh that was for that joke and i i still remember that to this day it was great that is funny that's good yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been an okay week. I'm doing this new thing where the only day that I really drink beer now is uh, when we record. And so I want to give a shout out really quick to Jackrabbit Brewing. I'm currently drinking their strawberry white ale. It's it's pretty good. And uh, Jackrabbit, I've already put this comment in. I really want you guys to bring back your cherry lime wheat ale. And uh, I'm using my platform as a famous podcaster to try and get that movement actually going. So someone start a hashtag and get it to Jackrabbit. I need that beer. Yeah, Jackrabbit, can can you guys be our first sponsor? We'll, we'll rep you every episode. Just Our only payment would just literally be like a six-pack every week to drink while we record. That's that all we great. require. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, they we'll, are one we'll of those. Uh, they are a craft brewery that does it by the four pack, but that's, oh. uh, that's become the common thing here. So two for you, two for me. I mean, this American Life always has the Lagunitas plug at the end. Jackrabbit yeah, can know, be our yeah. version of that. Yeah, perfect. Uh, yeah, Jackrabbit hit us up. Been a longtime supporter, uh, and it's, I think it's time that uh, that becomes a little bit reciprocated. Paul, any uh, Charlotte company you want us to uh, try and get a plug from? Stop Mart. What's the place that you like? Common Market. Hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, shout out to Common Market. Go enjoy. Go enjoy yourself. One of many beers at Common Market in Plaza Midwood, Charlotte, North Carolina. I finally figured out. It's one of those things where my investigative skills are so bad. But, like, I assumed we had to have one in Sacramento, and we do have one, but only one as far as I can tell, where it's the same gist of, like, it's a, this one's a little bit more upper, upscale, so it's, like, an upscale grocery store where you're also allowed to buy a beer, and they have, like, a patio where you can, like, hang out and drink beers. One thing that I haven't been able to find, though, that really annoys me about Sacramento is in Columbia, shout out to uh, Studio Cellar, there is a, like, wine and paint place, but mm. everyone in Sacramento is prescribed. So, like, you go there, you have a slot of time, and they tell you what to paint. Studio Cellar just lets you buy a canvas and like hang out for however much you want and paint stuff. And I can't find a place in Sacramento that does that. And it's very frustrating. I yeah, feel that like was we... really fun when we went. Do you still have the painting I painted for you? Uh, do I have the painting? In the script, it says Adrian takes his phone and pans it over so that. Oh, okay. For the audience, it is hanging up in Adrian's room right now. So he does have the painting. Of course I do. Yeah. Also from that same place, I have a painting from uh, that Zoe gave me. Oh, shout out to Zoe. Do you, do you have the, uh, do you have her chance painting she made for you up in your room? Do I? In the script, Adrian takes his phone and points <laughs> up at the uh, Chance the Rapper painting that he has from Zoe. Ah! Rock! <laughs> you had a little art to it. I like that. A little spice. Who Paul loves his wife. Uh, I think it was, uh, I saw on Twitter, it was Rashida Tlaib's birthday last week, and I'm pretty sure she would hate this podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> despite that, happy birthday, Rashida. <laughs> happy birthday. That's also squad goals. <laughs> Paul, who do you think we are in the squad? I think I'm Elon. And then I'm AOC. For are we just both going? No. Well, I, I mean, if we were going by ethnicity, I'd be Rashida. But I think uh, personality. I'm Elon, and you're uh, you're Ayana. Ooh, okay. I'm down for that. I think I'm more of a Carrie. <laughs> uh, have you seen this? Uh, it's like old news by now. But the um, I don't even know what happened to them. I think they immediately fell off. But the conservative squad that they tried to manufacture. Yeah. <laughs> God, it's um. I can't even remember who was in it. Oh. No, it was it was three people that they cloned in a lab. <laughs> <laughs> well, they hadn't even won yet. Some of them, what some of them were returning like uh, returning representatives, but some of them hadn't even won their races. I think so. I think one of them was just Jeff Sessions in a wig, right? <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear, I'm not making fun of their looks. I'm just making a joke about politics. That was another scenario that I had that I thought the liberal posturing came into play was. Um, I tried to make a joke one time at an open mic in Columbia after uh, when I was hanging out with some comedians about how I thought Jeff Sessions was kind of adorable. And then like the vitriol of like trying to say something like that because <laughs> Jeff Sessions is like, there's nothing good we can say about him. You can't even say that he objectively is an adorable looking human being. I just thought it was ridiculous that like the immediate visceral reaction of being like, oh, <laughs> we don't even joke about that here, Adrian. <laughs> I, this is something I've been thinking about lately in kind of comparison to that is like, what do you make of the fact that Lindsey Graham is so obviously a gay man, but it's like in the way people were allowed to be gay in like the 1800s. I guess I should say that this is just my opinion, so he doesn't sue me or anything, but like, right, because everybody calls him like an eligible bachelor. And it's just like a very well known fact that he's a gay man, uh, allegedly, 
don't sue me yes <laughs> allegedly the republican national convention is a hotbed where people who are male escorts fly in because they get so much business from it allegedly <laughs> and like i know some people have that argument where it's like oh you can't just call every homophobe like closeted gay man because that's actually yeah that was like, your a um... problematic assertion but it, for Lindsey Graham, it's, like, pretty clearly true, and it's pretty clear that, like, it's an open secret where most Republicans, even most people in South Carolina, know it's true. But as long as he doesn't say it to the world, everybody's just fine calling him an eligible bachelor as a metaphor. And yeah, just to me, it almost seems it. like, um, like, in retrospect, like an Epstein thing, where, like, I'm surprised there isn't a Trump quote where he's like, yeah, uh, Jeff Sessions loves uh, beautiful women. He does like them usually uh, male presenting and male identifying him with penises, but... Uh... Well, I said Lindsey Graham, not Jeff Sessions. But oh, Jeff fuck, yeah, Lindsey Graham. <laughs> Switch that, damn it. That was, uh, a, I don't, that I was don't, a good I bit. I think Jeff Sessions is pretty famously uh, a predator to women, so... I oh, no, no, sorry. Yeah, I meant Lindsey Graham, because that joke would have worked better with Lindsey Graham, but uh, just the whole thing of, like, yeah. he likes them young, but too young, perhaps. Uh, or you'd assume there'd be something where Trump would let that slip, especially with how much he's actually talked about Lindsey Graham and has been uh, antagonistic and then now friends with Lindsey Graham. <laughs> you even like the thing about trump is he's like dumb enough to do it not even like actually trying to antagonize him like he would just let it slip when he's happy with it. i just wanted to so I, I guess we didn't get a segue to it but i had another one like episode one where i had a pet peeve that i wanted to bring up <laughs> and i don't oh i guess there's no there's no good way to bring it in though adrian i think uh adrian i think before we start recording you told me you had a pet peeve something that you wanted to uh, get off your chest something that you needed to i think we can do this a little bit more organically if you can say something about lindsey graham or donald trump being salty uh that'll give me the cue i need <laughs> to get to my okay <laughs> so <laughs> yeah no i mean i could see donald trump just uh just accidentally letting it slip in a moment where he was like actually happy with lindsey graham about a bill being passed or something where he would just like accidentally let it slip that he's gonna go back home to his boyfriend he would just like be like oh and it was uh and it was so good having dinner with you and your uh boyfriend oh oops but yeah and then i guess obviously lindsey graham would be pretty salty about that one Ooh, uh paul real quick uh now that you mentioned that can i do another of adrian's pet peeve segment adrian's pet peeves let's go um you said the word of the day salt pet peeve that i want to talk about as you know paul I am a big consumer of YouTube cooking shows and cooking tutorials. It's kind of two separate problems that are under the same umbrella. But the first one of people that annoy me, and uh, I was, I've been watching a lot of Kenji Lopez alt because he's been posting very consistently during quarantine, is the people who watch professional cooks cook and then mention about how much salt they use. And it's just like so transparent that their food doesn't taste good and that they don't know how to season their food. And it's like... <laughs> Like, Kenji does, like, this really apologetic thing where he's like, well, I run a beer garden, so you want food to be salty so people buy beer. And, I mean, I guess what I would say is I properly season my food. And I was like, yes, obviously that's the actual point. These people <laughs> don't know how to cook. And they're just being weird about this, and they don't know how to actually season their food. The second one, though, is Gordon Ramsay. I think you also watch some Gordon Ramsay videos, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy me some Gordon Ramsay. The big meme between Gordon about Gordon Ramsay that always uh, is such a tire joke at this point is like he'll say that he's gonna put a touch of butter in something and then throw in like a half a stick and it's kind of just the same thing it's like he's just using the language that he uses and his food tastes really good like i don't know it's so annoying that you guys complain about this in every video yeah i mean obviously that's part of like delicious food that's overly fatty and salty is a part of it and if you add those ingredients and you do it in the right way so that it doesn't literally just taste like butter or salt it actually plays into the dish then I mean, that's all the best food has large portions of. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like when uh, 
I can't remember what, what show it was, but Anthony Bourdain complaining about the person who asked for no butter in their eggs, but Benedict, but wanted the hollandaise sauce. <laughs> He's just like, do they know what hollandaise sauce is? <laughs> That's um, <awesome>. It's just <laughs> like, okay, so I will say this. The one point where I agree with them is there is an episode in a recent YouTube video where Gordon Ramsay salts um, some like flaming hot Fritos before he puts them into a dish. And it's like, you don't got to season everything, Gordon. Some stuff is like <laughs> literally just made to be a salt bomb. Wait, what, but other than that, what, what, what was the, what was the situation where he was using flaming hot Cheetos? He was in like a, so it was Fritos. Cause it's a Frito pie, which is like from Texas. And he was using like their hot variety. Um, and so he did the chef thing where like literally anything that he opened, he would like salt and pepper it a little bit. And uh, that was a big meme in the in the comments, but one that I actually agree with. It was like, obviously, that doesn't need any more salt, but, you know, I'm not going to be one of those people who's like 100% Gordon Ramsay's the professional, you're not, so shut up. But also, like, I, I'm willing to agree with moments like that where I'm like, yeah, that, that doesn't seem necessary, Gordon. I don't want to get us on too much of a pivot, but you mentioning that, that Fritos pie made me think of, uh, I think... Like, a lot of states kind of have those, like, weird, I want to say, like, snack food specialties, and mm. I've always kind of liked the idea of them. I feel like some people think they're nasty, but but I think Chicago has one where it's, like, Fritos with chili and cheese on top. Like, they just put, put, put open the bag, grab the ladle from the chili thing, put that in, in Oh, that there. sounds good, yeah. Yeah, that sounds so delicious to me. And then I remember one time watching uh, your mom's house podcast when they had uh, Danny Brown on. He was talking about prison food which was to take a mm. thing of barbecue chips, um, take a boiled egg, crush it up, and mix it in with the chips. And I remember thinking that sounded so good, and everybody I told it to was like, that's the nastiest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like a crushed boiled egg and barbecue chips? That just sounds like a delicious combo to me. Also, um, a more balanced meal. You're adding some protein in there. Yeah, yeah. No, I tried it. It, yeah. it was very good. <laughs> uh, Interesting. People did not, I think people did not I would... like that, though. <laughs> I would do a soft boiled egg and then just like eat it with a fork and get that runny yolk in there. Mm. I think that'd be delicious. All right. Well, let's let's maybe like focus in a little bit more on the actual theme for the episode. Marriage. I know I'm I'm a little bit more typical. I have no issues with marriage or but no real like big preference. I'm not like racing towards married life. But I know you, Adrian, actually have pretty strong anti-marriage opinions. So I feel like you're the one who... Uh, needs to defend yourself you're the uh you're the outlier to the norm well i'm gonna actually flip that on you and say that in in the natural state of the world marriage is not the way that things usually work are you going um, for a naturalistic argument against me because i remember even in high school you had issues with naturalistic arguments i think like... it's a fallacy on most accounts but i think the idea that humans for most of their history have had marriage as a concept uh no Marriage, monogamy might be a, a, a long-standing concept in, in, in different animals as well. Beyond what primates. is marriage other than lifelong monogamy? Uh, it's uh, misery. It's uh, Wait, religious what, what? oppression of women. It's, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's uh, a way to give women off as property in exchange for social I like uh, this. I don't status. think we've had two opposing opinions yet on this show. This is fun. <laughs> uh, I think marriage is dumb. I think there are legal ramifications to marriage that obviously make it something that you a lot of people have to do. I think a big part of my views on marriage come from the fact that my parents always told me that they only got married for legal reasons. Mm. So they were very big on the fact of like, they loved each other. They were already raising children together. What's the point of adding this like extra label? And of course, the answer to that is there are legal ramifications to adding that extra label and there are tax reasons to do it or whatever. And so I've always grown up very much skeptical of the idea and not really interested in the idea. And like, 
I think maybe one of the farthest things in the world to me is the notion of being excited to get married. Like the idea of like little girls who like put bed sheets on their head to like imagine their wedding day is like the most alien thing I can ever imagine. Um, and so I think that I think that uh, focal point of my parents is really important because all three of the Perez children are theoretically against marriage. I mean, one of them has been married and divorced and one of them has been engaged. But I think that's because white people try to trick us into it. So. <laughs> Uh, shout out to Dorley avoiding that train wreck. Oh my god, did, did I tell you about the time when or when she gave me that call to tell me that they were breaking up like the day before their wedding? I just laughed. Like, like normally I'm kind of mean to Dorley, but in instances like that, I would be really empathetic. But like, I, it was just so funny. I was like, "Good, that's so that's great news. This is wonderful." Um, I remember Don't when she that. told me they were engaged. I gave her a Pikachu plushie as her uh, as her wedding present. Um, <laughs> I believe she still has it, yeah. That's how much of children who weren't ready to be married they were, that that was my reaction was here the Pikachu plushie. <laughs> that reminds me of, like, just earlier this week I was watching a video online where it was just, like, somebody posted it because it was, like, what would make you react like this? And it was a, it was a video of a proposal. And the girl, like, is looking off at something in the distance, like they're on a, like, really scenic mountain, and then she turns around and he's kneeling on one knee with the ring up, and she literally loses functions of her legs and falls <laughs> to the floor <laughs> and starts crying and then has to crawl to him. <laughs> and it was just like... It Jesus was just like, Christ. I, yeah, I don't know what would possibly in the world make me react like that. Like, mate, like even winning the lottery, I think I would be way less, like ecstatic than that girl yeah i totally relate to that so i know we talk about this a lot off podcast but i'm gonna bring it up on podcast on podcast for the first time um the show cutthroat kitchen i love that show i would absolutely love to be on it if even though i don't have the skills if they ever do like an amateur episode i would love to be on it the one thing i know i can't do is at the end where they force you to like be really excited and say like i just won cutthroat kitchen <laughs> like when they try and when the director tries to make me do that and i just like have the money in my hand i'm like hey i, I won cutthroat kitchen that's pretty dope and they're like no we, we need to we need to retake that you can't say it like that you have to do a dance you got to do something you can't you can't just be like <laughs> you yeah can't be monotone i mean that's like a that. classic like that's the uh extreme makeover home edition whenever they pull away the bus or the end of family feud with steve harvey like what do you do if you uh, you and your family family feud what do you do you you win the fast money every one of those families always flips out and starts jumping and screaming and hugging I think that's what I would do is I think uh, I would cover my face so that my emotions don't have to show by just immediately like running and jumping into my dad's okay. arms or something and then let him do, take over from there. Do you there. still perceive yourself as small enough to run and jump into your father's arms? Uh, no, I perceive him as strong enough. He's a he's a strong boy. He's lived a hard life. His hands are very rough. <laughs> uh, he has many scars. Emotional and physical. Absolutely. Um. Paul, Paul, what'd you bring in this week? So I brought in a article from Captain Awkward, and I know what you're thinking. This person is really cool. They're really random. They're early 2000s. They're, uh, they're Captain Awkward. Uh, Captain Awkward is a relatively popular advice column and blog. This one was relatively recent compared to a lot of the advice columns we do. It was posted 2019, June 3rd. Okay, so I'll actually jump into the about section a little bit. It's uh, Jennifer P's Jennifer Peepus. She's a writer, filmmaker, and media educator in Chicago. She sells herself as the uh, patron saint of breakups, connoisseur of fine Jedi hugs, proponent of using your words. So needless to say, this person is kind of annoying. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm kind of 50-50 on that description. Yeah, no, this is uh, very much made for like a uh, Reddit audience type uh, language. Okay, 
so i'll go ahead and jump into it um it's titled i'm getting married to god how do i tell my family they're not invited <laughs> hi captain i'm 24 years old and next year i'm undergoing the consecration of virgin ceremony from catholic tradition where essentially i agree to give up romantic attachment and marry myself to god like halfway to being a nun I'm very excited about this and have already started plans for the ceremony, including dresses and rings and whatnot. Hooray for future fancy clothes day. And then like an emoji that I guess can only be described as like somebody lifting up their arms in celebration. Yeah. Backslash O forward slash. If you want to type it out for yourself to get it. My problem is with my family. None of my family are invited to the ceremony. I haven't even told them that I'm undergoing it. I'm keeping the ceremony strictly in faith, mainly because of the woo factor. But my family aren't Catholic, and while my family are subscribed to the big man in the sky idea, they're not sold on the more woo aspects like divine intervention or god spousery. Sounds like you aren't- What does woo mean here? Like something being wooey might be a more common way you've heard it. Like, oh, that's a wooey idea. Like, it's just like a silly or like- Just romantic? Yeah, like romantic, silly, uh- but she, also, she uses the word God's spousery, so that mixed with the fact that she used the word woo and big man in the sky almost seems like... Something that also felt dismissive. Yeah, like, why is she dismissive to her yeah. own thing that she's deciding to do? <laughs> Maybe she's just a really cool self-deprecating chick. Yeah, uh, well, you, you don't have a shot, Adrian. She's married to God. Sorry. <laughs> well, they can believe what they like, freedom of faith and all that jazz, I'm not comfortable handling the spiritual disbelief of half my guests at my wedding, in quotation marks. Once again, wedding in like, uh, in quotation marks and saying freedom of faith and all that jazz, it's still like she's dismissing herself. It's very interesting tonally. There's also a complicated history between us, which I don't want encroaching on what's a really important day for me. But I know they're going to be heard if I don't invite them, and I feel horribly guilty about it, especially since that's the closest thing they'll get to a big white wedding for me. How do I explain to my family about my upcoming marriage and why they're not invited? Thanks. All the lace. P.S. Although I know you probably wouldn't do this, I just want to make it clear that I'm not interested in any advice on finding real date mates to have a real marriage. Heart emoticon. A lot of quotations and uh, stuff that she Also, says. it's interesting because it seems like what she's asking for advice is how to tell them that they're not invited to the wedding. But I feel like the harder part is even breaking the fact that you've decided to basically take a vow of abstinence slash like uh, wedding to God. Right? Like she's really playing up the fact that what's going to be hard is telling them that they're not invited to her special religious ceremony. <laughs> and I'm not sure. As if they wouldn't want to come anyways. So I don't know if this fully tracks, but I'm, I'm going to spit this idea. This seems to me like the kind of extreme of um, kind of like the meme and like um, really strict uh, Southeast Asian or like Asian households of like my parents spend all of my teenage years where I'm the horniest telling me not to date or even look at a girl. And then as soon as I become of age, they're asking me why they don't have kids yet or grandchildren <laughs> yet. Like, it just seems like this is the extreme where, like, maybe they, like, are religious and told her, like, for a long time you shouldn't be seeing boys or being interested in, like, boys or anything. And then she grew up and was like, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just gonna marry God. And so they're just reaping what they sowed. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's um, it. Uh, what are the chances that God will take physical form like he did in uh, the year zero famously with uh, Jesus Christ? You might have heard of him, Adrian. What's the chance he'll do that again and let you actually marry a physical version of him? Because that's a solution to this problem. So you think they would come if she was going to marry a physical yeah, god? Yeah, if it's a real walk and talk in God, of course they're coming. Well, I mean, how? so let's say that he comes down as Jesus and they're all excited for her to get married. And this like 
dark-skinned uh, Jewish <laughs> Middle Eastern dude comes down who's very hairy and has very curly hair. You think they're going to be down with that? Yeah, yeah. She didn't say my parents are racist, but I guess her problem is she doesn't want them to come. Uh, uh, so it would be more about then they would it would be more of an actual conversation to have. I think in this case, she might be overblowing in her own mind how much her parents want to want to be at her little ceremony. That was condescending at her big important ceremony. Yeah, um, I think, I guess one thing you have to consider if we're going to get serious for a second is like, uh, if they say yes, how much do you think they're really going to bring the vibe down? Well, by being she's there? saying she already doesn't want them there because she thinks they'll bring the vibe down, right? Well, that's what I'm saying is, but how much are they really going to bring the vibe down by like, so here's yeah, a, maybe, a, maybe, maybe slightly... our advice should be that she should rethink her issue with having them there and she should invite them to it. It reminds me of my brother's wedding where he invited our uh, neighbors who used to live next door to us um, when he was, you know, living in South Carolina with us. And I think they declined. They did not come. But he invited them knowing that they were not for gay marriage. Um, and so I think it's kind of a similar thing where, like, he's inviting people who he knows if they were there and they did come would be generally supportive because they like this person. I mean, it's their daughter. But they might be people who would bring the vibe down of, like, the whole kind of conceptual thing behind it and so i don't know i think weddings are often like uh like there's that simpsons joke the one about um where marge and homer get married uh, get um invited to a wedding and marge mentions that they got invited even though the people didn't actually want them there and she talks about how they have to accept even though they don't want to go <laughs> because that's how weddings go <laughs> or whatever it's like just like that's what being adult means is that they get invited even though they don't want them there and then they have to accept even though they don't want to go <laughs> so i mean in um, your brother's case though your neighbors um i think you their daughter listens to this podcast shout out to you but also they have they have yep. money right so did they send a gift is really the important uh i think they probably did i think they just declined based on like busyness oh awesome then you're then you're then your brother made a good choice inviting them. Oh, absolutely. And that's yeah. also my other point. Invite them for the gifts. She had, yeah, if she doesn't invite her parents, she's not gonna get. Do you do you bring gifts to a uh, to a marriage to God to a consecration of the virgins? I think so. Yeah, I think um, if the parents want to be petty about it, they should get them all his and her sets of uh, <laughs> of like bath towels and stuff for their uh, house. She should certainly rethink uh, inviting her parents just so she can get the gifts. That would be part of my advice. What's the what's the bachelorette party for the consecration of virgins like? Oh God, um, I think it's just a devotional where they all read their favorite Bible verses and talk about what it means to them. My favorite is John three sixteen. Oh, that's for such God, a basic so... <laughs> bitch favorite verse. Oh, you're acting as if they have like the really esoteric verses. <laughs> Uh, as if they're like fans of like the underground <laughs> underground Bible shit. No, dude, they're fans of the hits. They're they're uh, yeah. I oh, got it's so hard for me to take this seriously because it's religious and it's marriage based. So maybe it should be time for like sincere advice. I think the gift thing doesn't make sense because they're probably not sending gifts, right? Mm. Um. So if she doesn't want her family there, I mean, I don't know. There are plenty of people who get married in secret. It's a thing. Yeah. Just yeah. Keep it secret. So. I feel like maybe we should have done more research on what the consecration of the virgin ceremony is before we started this, because it seems like if, if you're, nobody you know is there, like, is it just between you and a priest? Or at a certain point, is it just something you're doing in your mind where you're just choosing not to date anymore? Like, what's the... What are I know, the... it sounds like, it's, it's it sounds like a legit ceremony that you'd invite people to, right? Otherwise, it wouldn't be an issue. Okay. Yeah, dresses and rings. Yeah, this seems like a, a whole shindig, a whole a whole... I don't know. People invite me to weddings, even though I don't believe in it, and they don't expect me to like 
be fussy and weird about it i guess because i'm a reasonable person but also i don't really i've only been to two weddings i haven't been invited to many if you think your parents aren't gonna actually be rude i feel like this is a more a you issue and you should probably still invite them if it's like a big thing in your life and you really do consider it like the next stage in your journey through this uh through this little crazy thing we call life i know right i think what i'll say is and this might be colored by the fact that i had very good parents but i think oftentimes parents will surprise you with how supportive they are and i think you could probably invite them yeah without really it being a big deal but i think that's coming from someone who comes from a very stable well, uh, happy household no i think her situation is pretty similar because it seems like she's mostly just worried about them judging her silently or not being as into it mm. uh, so to me it seems like Maybe they will be. To be 100% honest with you, if somebody invited me to one of these, I would be. I would also be happy that you're doing something you want to do at the same time. People can feel multiple things, even if it's not something they believe in. I think they can be happy that you've found something that makes you happy. And they can experience this event on multiple levels, including, yes, maybe they will on some level think you're making the wrong choice and it's a little bit silly, but they might also understand that it's what you want to do and it's a big thing for you and they want to be there to support you i'll also say this and we're going to go back to like the i think this question is so ridiculous that my strategy is to really try and be sincere about this stuff (laughs) it is very ridiculous yes (laughs) yeah so um i take none of this seriously but i think that if you have any opportunity to show something beautiful to your parents that will explain to them why you feel the way you feel and how strongly you, you feel about these things having them at the ceremony where you actually do this might be the best thing you can do to like circumnavigate having to actually sit them down and tell them about any of this stuff. Just let them see what, like what this is. Mm. And maybe that'll actually change their mind. See the same reason I took my parents to see Avengers infinity wars. (laughs) (laughs) Because before they were like, they weren't with you for iron man. They weren't with you for black Panther. (laughs) They certainly weren't with you for captain America civil war. But as soon as you sat them down and showed them Infinity Wars, they, they said, you know what, Paul? I, you know what? I'm, it's going to take some time, but I, I, I think I get it. I don't know if I have much more say, to say than that. I, I don't um, either, yeah. Uh, it's weird that... I guess it's just it would be on par with what a promise ring is, right? The fact that she has a ring that's dedicating herself to God. That's what I was thinking, but a promise ring is more like what I was saying, where it's, there's no special ceremony. It's just like something you kind of decide in your head, and then you put on the ring, right? Like... So I can't remember, I think it was a Dear Abby article that I was reading through, but apparently the idea of what a promise ring means has changed a lot from olden days. Like when we were in middle school, girls would always wear them as like, I'm a Christian girl, I'm saving myself for marriage. Yeah. Apparently it, wearing it as a young girl was used to be scandalous because it has a, it had a different meaning. I actually need to Google it again. Oh, interesting. Oh, maybe it used to be like you were already dating a guy and you were saying we're engaged to be engaged type thing with a promise ring. Like we're, we're having so. sex. I think like but... it made you look like a child bride because it, it looked like you were uh, on the way to marrying someone else. Or marrying yeah, someone that kind of makes sense. It seems like because I think what, what does Eric in, uh, in that 70s show get Donna? Is it a promise ring? He gets her something and it's basically like a, some sort of ring to be like, oh, we're together now, like in a more official way. Okay, because I was typing with my left hand, I googled what is promise ring mean? Um, but it got me to the right answer, <laughs> which is uh, it, it, it symbolizes love and it promises your a couple's commitment to their relationship. So it would be really weird if a 12-year-old girl in middle school is wearing a promise ring based on what older women think it means. Yeah, okay, but that, that's still like a pretty old school. I think nowadays most people see promise rings as like a uh, Christian thing. Uh, well, I think like post... Um, 
Jonas Brothers. That's basically what it meant. Are you ready to uh, hear the answer? Captain Awkward starts. Dear all the lace. I confess, I have never heard of the consecration of the virgins as a thing that's distinct from being a nun until I read your letter. How interesting. Just going to throw in that I am cutting out some of the uh, more verbose parts of this answer. As with a wedding, you can invite, not invite anybody you want to the ceremony. You can inform your folks about the ritual and meaning to you. Or you could frame it as, please come to this special day as my church and not spell out all the details. You could send announcements after the fact with an attitude of, hey, check out my very happy news without justification since you're doing a thing that's exciting to you. Tell your good news. You don't have to manage anyone's feelings about this. My chief recommendation is to invite people in your family wholeheartedly and celebrate with the ones who come. Or don't invite them. But there's no middle path where you get this. Adrian, are, are you listening to this? This is this is absurd. She's just giving double advice. I don't like this at all. You can't Sorry, just... no, I literally, I, it's, I know it's so long, I, I took out a notebook to take notes of what I want to comment on later. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing right now. Sorry. Yeah, well, th- this part is she's literally just giving double advice. Her chief recommendation is to invite people or don't invite them. <laughs> But there's no well, the other thing that she just said was um invite them and then like <laughs> and don't tell them what it is, which is the best way to make sure they have a bad reaction to it. Just tell them it's another church thing. Tell them it's uh <laughs> this is just Easter Sunday at your church and then get married to God. Like what a ter- what a terrible piece of advice if your issue is their reactions to what's going on. Oh, well, she tries to justify her reasoning for that right here. Or don't invite them. But there's no middle path where you get to say you're not invited to my special party. But also, I want you to care about it as much as me and expect it to go well. So that's her justification. I don't think that's a good that's good enough reason for how to like spring it on them <laughs> like that. That's that's so dumb. Furthermore, I would advise that invitations before or announcements after be positively geared to communicate your excitement about the specific event that is happening. Holy run on sentence, Batman. Jesus, what is that <laughs> monster? <laughs> versus driving the by the way this is the only wedding you'll ever get sorry if this disappoints you message all the way home i'm not sure all life decisions especially the ones that you wish to firmly discourage people from giving input on dash need to be formally announced or discussed in depth with the people who would prefer not to receive input from i don't know what that means i'm sorry i'm reading quick it's just because what a monster of an answer this is like a massive essay but did that sentence make sense to you? Yeah, don't discuss don't don't discuss your life decisions with people who you don't think are going to be supportive about them. Okay. Or yeah, yeah. I don't have children. There was never a moment where I explained that to my family and they all nodded and said, yes, we understand or no, we are casting you out. My parents are quietly disappointed to not be grandparents. They have the grace to mostly keep that to themselves and not pressure me. And even if they didn't, I wouldn't owe them updates. From their perspective, I either don't want or can't have children. Spoiler, it's both. Every year that I don't add a wee awkward being to the world makes its own case for that being true. As long as you keep not marrying anybody, your parents will have evidence that you are not marrying anybody. And if they're the kind of parents who are determined that you should marry somebody anyway, I regret to inform you that even announcing your decision will in advance or explaining it perfectly won't convince them or close the topic. If they want it reopened, they don't mean it's a negotiation. Can I say really quick that I think her not having children thing is, is obviously great, but I will say there's no scenario. So she says, I'm not going to tell them at all. They just have to guess on their own. Fine. That doesn't mean that you invite them to a party and it turns out to be surprise. It's a, I'm not having a baby shower and I'm never going to have a baby shower. <laughs> like this, it, I'm still so angry at the idea of like, just spring it on them. Yeah, no, I really don't like this answer. I, I agree with what you're saying. This makes no, like she's saying like, however important it is to you play that down and how you tell them 
But she's also kind of said the opposite. She's kind of taking multiple stances and it's making it difficult to figure out what she's saying. So this reminds me of in high school, we specifically got the advice for my last two years, I was in a, in a, a program or whatever, and you had to take these special exams at the end of the year. And part of what they would always tell you is you get graded on what you get right, not what you get wrong. So just write as much as possible. And this is exactly that. Like, if you write out every conceivable point in both directions, you'll technically get all the plus ones you need to get, like, the maximum number of uh, things correct. Yeah, and I think she tries to justify writing in this method by saying there's no middle path. You have to either go wholehearted uh, or don't invite them. But it's just like, I honestly think you're an advice columnist. You should, your job is to pick what you think the better path is. Like, Yeah, that's the whole point. I regret to inform you that even announcing your decision well in advance or explaining it perfectly won't convince them or close the topic if they want it reopened. That doesn't mean it's a negotiation. If remember when I converted to Catholicism and had a special ceremony where I publicly affirmed my plan to remain eternally celibate and single, do I need to run through all that again? Are we good? Isn't getting the point across? One alternative script that has a chance of inviting less, not zero, but less back and forth commentary is something like, oh, I don't see myself ever doing that. Oh, you know, that's not a priori priority for me but you'll be the first to know if I change my mind. Can I just critique the writing here a little bit? Isn't it like a very like freshman intro to creative writing lesson that if you don't need a word, take it out. And it's just something about the, like the adding and the way she wrote it, where literally the part she could have taken out was in between dashes and how she wrote it, because it says one alternative script that has a chance of inviting less dash, not zero, but less back and forth. Comment. Like just take out the not zero, but less. Totally superfluous. Yeah. yeah like what is, <laughs> yeah. I like things that flourishes and have beauty and extra stylization added, but that's not what she's doing there. She's just being verbose. Like, is she paid by word? Is this like one of those old yeah, newspapers? Think... <laughs> yeah. She's like a Dickens like figure. <laughs> The last part about changing your mind is strategy, not capitulation. If you know you won't change your mind, preempting the patronizing concern, surprise, disappointed. Once again, she put four slashes, patronizing slash concern slash surprise slash disappointed. <laughs> Why is she padding out this essay? She's just showing off that she owns a thesaurus. Oh, you'll definitely change your mind, crowd. Means that everyone gets to walk away feeling right and you get to be right since you're the ultimate boss of your life. Making it very boring ends the discussion sooner. Other people can imagine what they want about your future. You don't have to debate each and every one of them in order to keep choosing what's right for you. People who are more interested in being an authority about you than they are listening to you are making a choice to prioritize their ideas of you. You don't have to feel guilty about fending them off with platitudes or, or letting them think what they want while you do what you know is best. Um, just going to go ahead and throw out there that this on the venomous scale of of the Paul venomous scale, she's like somehow as angry at these parents for seemingly <laughs> no reason. She's incredibly pissed. Oh my god, this is more than double what I've already read. Uh, skimming, skimming, skimming. There's uh, a faux conversation if you want to do a uh, if you want to do a little improv bit together. Yeah, let's do out. that. Leave enough room for the possibility of anticlimax, but maybe they should remember the Bible story about when Jesus went back to his hometown and was all. Wait, hold on, really quick. Um, leave enough room for the possibility of anticlimax. Isn't that the name of your sex tape, Paul? Um. Anyway, everybody, go subscribe to my OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> remember the Bible story about when Jesus went back to his hometown and was all. Look at me, I'm the son of God, repent. And the neighbors were like, huh, that was an interesting service. Wasn't that Joseph the carpenter's kid? Boy, he w had some strange ideas, but I still have the table he made me. Proper table, that, what's for lunch? What? I think that's the like 
That's the NIV version. That's not the King James version of the Bible that she's paraphrasing. Also, her first attempt at humor, and I'm two out of ten. What are we going with, Adrian? Two out of ten. Um, I did have. I, so I have a stand-up bit that never made it to the stage about how. Um, can you imagine trying to be employee of the month at whatever carpentry business that Jesus worked at? <laughs> <laughs> Where like they're having their company picnic at the end of the year and they're like, all right, guys, uh, thanks again, Jesus, for building this picnic table that we're on. <laughs> You're obviously the best. You win. You win, you win employee of the month again. What can I say? Uh, anyways, that's, uh, that's why I never made it to the stage. <laughs> we're going to find out that that Captain Awkward's really important and like the entertainment industry and our podcast is never going to make it big. Oh, fuck. Captain Awkward's Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so at this point, she actually adds a little script for how this woman could talk to her family. Adrian, would you like to would you like to be her entire family or would you like to be the uh, person? Oh, I'm going to be the family. Okay. Hey. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, so I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm going to be her dad specifically. Hey, guess what? I've converted to Catholicism. Nice. Can you pass the salt? <laughs> no, I mean, I've really converted. Plus, I'm going to do that extra special version where I pledge eternal virginity to the service of the church. So you're becoming a nun? Whoa. Intense. Not a nun, exactly. I won't be working for the church or living in a religious community, but kind of similar. There are vows and there's a ceremony. Yeah, not exactly a nun. I mean, I'm going to be, uh, you know, married to God, but I'm not going to do any of, like, the useful stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I uh, won't do public service or help the poor <laughs> or <laughs> feed the hungry <laughs> or teach at a school. Uh, I will definitely just be living my normal life. Huh. Eternal virginity. <laughs> Haven't heard of that before, but I guess that's up to you, dear. Want some dessert? We got lemon bars, or I think there's some jello salad from the picnic. You see, this is how I know this family's no fun, because really the dad <laughs> should have been like, Huh, eternal virginity, I thought that was your brother Eric. Hey, eternal virginity, you already said marriage, enough said. <laughs> yeah, that would be if this dad was fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, back to the script. Um, also, I'm not ever having a wedding. Would you like to come to a special party at my new church where I announce my commitment to God? When is it? We'll have to check the calendar. What's the dress code? Do I need to bring anything? You do understand. Why, why would the script, why is she encouraging her to be extra, like, aggressive? Incessant that they shouldn't come? <laughs> you do understand that this is the only time I'll wear a big white dress and make vows in a church, right? I won't ever marry anyone. Huh. You never seemed all that interested in getting married, so this isn't a shocker. Need help picking out your wedding dress? Do you want to wear great-grandma's veil? And scene. <laughs> Adrian, by the way, you really had that like you really had that like a uh, Fallout character. Like you could be a voice actor for a video game for a character that doesn't move but gives missions, quests. Thank you. This is uh, this is gonna be part of my reel. That I put <laughs> All right, skimming, 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 skim, 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 skim. That was a really supportive father. I like how uh, he asked if she needed help getting a dress, as if he was the one who was qualified to do that. <laughs> Yeah, so I would call this what what in high school in your creative or in your writing classes, what you learn as, as a, I, well, it's not even an argumentative essay because she's not taking one stance. She's really flip-flopping between the different uh, types of things that could be possible and trying to like really flesh out every possibility. Here's one part that seems weird. Uh, as you get closer to decision time, commit to the things that you want to do it. Is doing this thing alone or just with the chosen few church people and staying very vague about the whole thing with your family Worth it in exchange for a piece of months without arguments and stilted interactions between now and the big day? Possibly, yes. Wanting a wedding or wedding day in Between your now and when uh, Chance the Rapper releases the big day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh boy, she'd be disappointed if she waited for that album to come out. She'd be very disappointed. And this was June of 2019, so she's around that time. <laughs> a wedding day. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> you always had the R for some reason. Ah! <laughs> there you go. Wanting a wedding or wedding day in your case that's free of judgment and just for the trusted people who are safe to be around is an okay thing to want. Just ask any gay person related to a bunch of homophobes who are convinced that all non-straights go to hell. Yeah, just ask one of... It's it's what not the, uh... It's not POC's and minority's responsibility to explain these things to you jesus captain awkward has no idea about the latest rhetoric in the progressive community oh boy it sounds like paul doesn't agree with it (laughs) (laughs) i guess i do i don't know don't take that as me taking a stance on anything i mean do you want everybody coming up to you to educate them on palestine israel (laughs) kind of yeah i think i'd be a way better source than (laughs) i think that's true i think just from the bits that i've learned from you i've gotten much better on topic um, Not that I was problematic to begin with, just uninformed. <laughs> uh, does love mean that your family must understand, agree with, and believe all the same things that you do in order to be present and support the step you're taking? If so, you're absolutely right. I could never meet you on those terms. Better to send me an announcement card in the mail after the fact. I can have my WTF reaction in private and be ready with a congratulations on your internal virginity thing, Cousin Lace. Is it everything you hoped for and are there pictures of you in your pretty dress? Next time we cross paths. If love doesn't have to agree, believe, or understand, maybe it can be invitation one that says, I love you and I want you here with me no matter what. Please come. Where there are invitations, there can also be RSVPs. Maybe yours has two boxes to check and the first one says, I love you too, but I can't make it to the day. And the other one says, I love you too, and heck, I don't understand any of this, but you asked me to come, so obviously I will be there. An invitation. I absolutely love that she's taking the Trump campaign strategy where, uh, have you on those YouTube ads that are like, uh, do you approve of Donald Trump in the next election? And it's like, yes, I approve. Or no, I want some dirty socialist to be elected. <laughs> uh, that's always cracking me up. And I feel like this is the same thing. <laughs> An invitation isn't a command. It's just a direction to a party that m- might be worth showing up for. A party where as long as the guests are happy to be a part of an important person's important day, it might be... <laughs> just once again the just like the extra like the extra wording like why did she use important twice in that sentence i mean i've told you before that that's the main critique i get for my writing but if i was this bad i think i think people would just kick me out of grad school it might be okay to be full of doubt and awkward as all get out it might be it might be okay to be full of doubt and awkward as all get out i i can't make that sentence work i don't know if it makes sense to you um, all get out is an expression oh okay it's also a pretty good pop punk band if you're into that. Uh, check out um, Seasons. It's a good song. I Shout swear, I, I know I read that a little bit awkwardly because it was so long. And so I was like reading it quickly. But I swear to the listener, like, look this up. This is the most obnoxious piece of writing. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, it's really the epitome of so much words to have such little expression of ideas i know which is weird because sometimes i feel like that's one of my weakest points is that i'm like i'll argue a point where to the point where i've just said a million words and i'm not even really sure what i'm saying anymore but like in the written form you'd think like the editing process would help you skim it down a little bit to what's important but no it's like she kept the free-flowing thought from her brain right onto the paper it's like she dictated this and just let it all she just read this out to siri yeah (laughs) stay i'll say i appreciate the fun little uh role play yeah that was fun that was fun but i i really have nothing to say besides the fact that this was just very badly written yeah and i don't know if this would help anybody come to any decisions because like even when she was giving advice it like 
the only way she was doing it was by going the absurd by route oscillating between different extremes yeah and she was going to the extremes like how does it help to get like that last bit i understand it's metaphorical about the like give them the two boxes uh i love you too and heck i don't understand any of this and the i love you too but i can't make it that day even though that's like metaphorical i still don't understand how she's supposed to edit that into like real usable advice in any way <laughs> i'll also say that i'm also going back to the about page and she is trained as a screenwriter and that is her profession jesus how long are her um, movies <laughs> i don't know i feel like we don't has there been a time where we've attacked the uh, question asker or answerer this much before? Or... I'm sorry to say, foreshadowing for the next half of this episode, my question answerer is equally verbose, but I don't know whether or not it's good or bad. I haven't listened. I haven't read the answer yet. So I'll say I think this is one of the ones where we clearly gave better advice. Yeah, for sure. This is like a relatively simple situation when it really comes down to it, which is you, you gotta, you gotta, if your parents are important to you, you gotta invite them. And if this is as important to you as a wedding is, which it does sound like from the way that the uh, asker asked the question, which is, this is like a very important celebration to her. So if both those things are true, invite your parents, explain it to them. Yeah, and do what the, uh, do what Captain Awkward said. And if they say yes, send them another invite and say, are you sure though? <laughs> yeah, for some reason, even if they're super understanding, <laughs> argue with them. At every turn, just make sure that you exhaust every single counterpoint because <laughs> you want to make sure they're there for the right reasons so weird. yeah this is um yeah we'll, we'll just jump to yours i don't have any more to say okay um so my article this week is from the cut which is a uh a feminine issue focused uh outlet but um according to their oh i had this um actually saved somewhere hold on so the cut is a female-focused outlet. They they release all their statistics, and about forty-seven percent of readers, like forty-three percent of readers, are male. But they also release the fact that uh, the median income of the people who read the cut is about one hundred forty-two thousand dollars. So I just want to apologize to the cut for bringing down their statistics by reading this. Uh, so I apologize to what? you guys. What? <laughs> That's so weird. I would. Yeah, not... I'm sorry. I'm bringing down your median, guys. <laughs> um, okay. So this is Ask Polly. Uh, which is a column from, um, it's the pen name of Heather Haverleski. Not really much to say about her because I don't know much about her style or I know that she focuses on female questions based on the the paradigm of the cut. And she's worked for a couple of other ask you know, advice column outlets. Um, and she's written actual books on advice as well as a uh, book uh, that was a memoir of growing up in Durham, North Carolina. Shout out to Durham. I really enjoyed the, the uh, time I spent there for a couple of days. Um, but yeah, so I don't really have a good sense of like what her typical style is. All I know is that her answers are usually book length. So let's uh, strap in for this one. All right, Paul, this one is called My Boyfriend Claims I Want a Ring, But I Don't. Dear Polly, I am angry. Not in a usual I lost my temper and we'll talk about it and we'll see each other's side kind of way, but in a long simmering I'm not sure what to do with it kind of way. You see, my partner of over three years, let's call him Liev, told a friend and a co-worker. What a weird name to pick as a stand-in. <laughs> she could have put. She could have picked Steve, John, Rob. Okay. Uh, you see, my partner of over three years, Liev, told a friend and a co-worker of his that I was pressuring him for a ring at his office Christmas party in my and many of our other mutual friends' presence, and I am so angry about it. Not because I was embarrassed. There's not a whole lot that embarrasses me. I laughed it off at the time. I was shocked, though, and angry. Did I mention that I was angry? I've made it very clear over the course of our relationship that I in no way care about a wedding ring or marriage. It's a societal convention I've never identified with. 
Shout out to this person. I've never imagined my wedding day as a child, never felt like it was something I needed for happiness. We've had this conversation many times, although he says he wants to marry me. There are a few related elements that I should mention here. We already have a child in the house together. What else do we need? We're completely committed to each other. I love him deeply. I have a son from a previous marriage. Yes, I have said that I don't care about marriage. I married my ex in a shotgun wedding, seven months pregnant. It was partly for the health insurance, partly because I was terrified about the situation. We'd been together for only 10 months before the pregnancy, and I was a lot younger then, in my 20s. Partly because his family, his Catholic family, wouldn't talk to me unless I did it. Yeah, not the best motivation for a life change. At any rate, we are now divorced, obviously, and I'm not in a rush to marry again. Liev knows this. I'm now 35 with two kids. I was, and am, a strong, independent single mom with a career when I met Liev. We have established our lives together. I don't need physical proof of our love. I see it every day in the way he takes care of our kids and the way he, we take care of each other. I think that's more important. He's a very empathetic, sensitive person who identifies strongly with women who prefers their company to men. He's definitely a feminist. He's loving. He's kind. I thank the fates for him every day. Enough backstory. What really makes me angry, I think, though I'm still kind of processing it, is the way the brief exchange highlights women's position in society. How even someone who seems to understand our position has swallowed this perspective that women depend on men for our happiness and wholeness, how it's expected. It makes me feel a little bit weaker, a little bit more dependent, a little less me. I don't want to offend anyone by saying this, but I feel like it reflects upon all women too. We keep trying to say, hey, I can be a person without you, but I don't think it's getting through. What should I do? What should we do? This is pure bullshit. And that's the uh, sign off for this person slash their pen name. Yeah, I, I do feel her anger. Like that would piss me off too. Like that's very justified rage she has. Absolutely. She listed um, basically like a lot of the sentiments I feel about marriage. And, I, and like, well, sure. But I mean, I feel like her anger is at the fact that I, I'm whether or not her opinion is the one I agree with doesn't matter she's stated her intent what's infuriating is that he's not listening to her because this is very your opinion on marriage is exactly that it's an opinion on how you feel and the fact that he's disregarding that and deciding what he wants her to feel is the part that makes yeah i think there's actually two things here that i want to talk about so uh one is as much as i critique my sister for her opinion on being child free and her opinion of uh, being anti-marriage I will say that I do acknowledge the fact that for me, it's an opinion that I can have that no one really cares if I feel that way. I can say I don't want to have kids and no one's no one really cares. But like if you're a woman and you say that it becomes like a real conversation. And that whole like general pushback that you get from people is something that I very much um, get as a part of her perspective. And on top of that, she didn't even get pushback. She literally just got somebody disregarding her opinion, just pretending it was something else. It's like when somebody, you know, like as a child, when somebody tells you to calm down and you feel like you were already yep. calm. Like, it's just, it's something that's so immediately anger-making <laughs> to have somebody pretend you have a different opinion than what you have, or, you know, to tell people, like, oh, she wants a marriage just because she is a woman and she's made it very clear she doesn't want a marriage, to have that put on you. Well, that's like, where I want to go. Oh, yeah. that's... Uh, yeah, I, I totally yeah. get that and why it's stupid and frustrating. And I want to say, and I don't really want to be too sympathetic to her um, partner, but I think there is that duality of gender roles where as presumably the reason that they would get married is because um he wants to get married and for a male to be really into marriage is kind of a weird thing as well um and so i could mm. see this like psych um you could see like maybe she needs to be sympathetic to the fact that he's externalizing his own desires 
and maybe they need to like talk that out and maybe he doesn't even realize he's Ooh, doing maybe it. i was going to be less sympathetic and just say that like this is a point to maybe understand but not be too sympathetic about is that he wants okay. to get married it's kind of weird for a man to present very openly as like i want to get married and so he's scapegoating his wife is like oh yeah we're gonna get married soon because you know the the ball and the old ball and chain wants to not because i want to but you know i can't say no to her well the reason that makes sense to me is just because you know, she does spend a good amount of time saying that, like, this isn't a deal breaker for her. She still very yeah. much loves him. They have a kid. Like, it doesn't, it, it sounds like they need to come to an understanding together. So, and I agree with what you're saying. That does make sense to me. So that's definitely something, if this was brought to me in person, I think that'd be a good thing to bring up because that might help them come to a mutual understanding of where their feelings are at. Yeah, so I think you're right. I don't know how much sympathy she needs to feel for him because he did. Well, this maybe in a very not sympathy, way but understanding or like because she she's made it Certainly, clear she wants yeah, to move maybe, forward, so they do have to come to a mutual understanding of the situation. Maybe he needs to come to terms with the fact that he feels more strongly about this. Than and is there realizes. anything worse than when you come to somebody with a problem and they disregard it? Like if she came to him with this and was like, "Hey, what you did was like really kind of fucked up that you were telling people I wanted to get yeah. married and." I've made it very clear I don't want to. And that if he just pretended it wasn't a big deal, like obviously what needs to happen is they need to talk it out and get to why he did it. And that I think that's a good place to start is your theory. I will say this really quick. I think, I don't know if you noticed this when I put this in the Google, on the, um, Google Sheets, but I originally thought the problem when I first read it, because I was a little confused, was that um, she was making a big deal about having a physical ring when getting proposed to. Mm. Um and so I think that might be part of the confusion that he's talking about how his wife is like begging for a ring. And maybe at the Christmas party, he's talking about how the thing on her Christmas list was a DVD copy of The Ring. <laughs> and uh, that's what he was talking about. And this is all just a big misunderstanding that he, she didn't understand. Mm. Mm. I think that's a very real possibility. And kind of like my previous point where they need to come to a point of understanding. Maybe she should come to him with that, too. Maybe that's a possibility. So, I mean, we can't, when you're in a relationship, you know, sometimes communication isn't perfect. It's one of those things you'll learn about in even the most basic of comms classes. No communication is perfect. People misunderstand each other. And if you're a fan of early 2000s horror, this is that's certainly something to think about. Yeah, I mean, she didn't mention it. She also hasn't mentioned, uh, I guess this is one of those times where this is um, pre, I already talked to him about it. So this is... Um... No actual conversation has taken place. So we don't really know whether or not he was dismissive after she brought it up, um, which would be definitely like a bigger kind of red flag. They already have kids together. They're already living together. What what, what else do they really need? You know, why, why is he acting like? I will say that is... the fact that they have kids and I don't think she mentions the age of the kids, but the fact that they have them, I, I would encourage her to think about marriage because it is adorable when you have your kids as like a little like flower girl or like the ones holding up the ring or as like a ring boy. You that is gonna... a point for weddings. Just maybe she should rethink that. I thought you were going to encourage her to weaponize the children in this. <laughs> oh yeah, always weaponize your children. Because <laughs> that's my advice. Big fact, no cap. <laughs> weaponize your children. <laughs> yeah, I also love the fact that like she says he's definitely a feminist, but like he's doing like the least feminist thing he could possibly do in their relationship. Um, <laughs> he's definitely a feminist, but he does demand that no women ever get abortions. <laughs> he does demand that I do all the cooking and cleaning and taking care of the children. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you just ignore some of the worst things Harvey Weinstein did, he was actually kind of a great feminist. <laughs> 
All right, yeah, I don't... Uh, I can't yeah, really I mean, think I, of anything too funny. Uh, I mean, your ring bit was pretty good, but... <laughs> I can't speak to anything about the greater... about whether or not this is uh, problematic to put on all women, as she said, but I... I I, I can't speak to that experience. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and give a preface the same way that Paul did. Uh, we might edit out a lot of this actual answer. Feel free to click the link to read the whole answer if you're interested for some reason. Dear, this is pure bullshit. Sometimes I think that men are designed to torture us by listening to us talk about our complex, conflicted feelings for hours. Okay, fine. That part is pretty generous. Uh, not hours, maybe. Acting like they understand everything. That part is good, too. Probably when you consider the alternative. Then walking out the door and parroting every fucking stupid bullshit sexist thing they ever heard. I will say if, um, if, what was it? Ask Awkward? Yeah, Captain Awkward. Yeah, if Ask Captain Awkward had too many hyphens in their writing, this already has too many uh, parentheses in their writing. Even the very best men do this. They don't even know they're doing it. I know I'm excusing male bumbling here, but I honestly don't think these kinds of mistakes run that deep in a lot of cases, any deeper than unconsciously ingesting cultural norms at any rate. Saying, oh yeah, she wants a ring, you know it, is a bit like saying, ah, stop nagging to the wife you nag all the time. Men resort to cliches to cover their own not-all-that-macho tracks. Yeah, I don't know, now she's using that, that, the, the cliche dynamic to to forgive and to let him off the hook. It's, I don't know. I don't, I'm not feeling this. The writing is better, but I'm not yeah, sure I saying, agree with it. One answer. of these days, Alice, one of these days, straight to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's letting him off the hook going, well, men are too stupid to have complex feelings. When I think maybe you more accurately assessed that he had some underlying emotions. Maybe the issue was he had complex feelings and, he was unfairly weaponizing the stereotype that women want to get married to to push his own desires. Like, I don't know. That seems more likely than, oh, men are just stupid, huh? You shouldn't be angry at him. I mean, I think the idea of, like, internalized patriarchy affecting how we communicate with our partners is maybe a valid thing, but she's not expressing it in a way that's nuanced. But they also resort to cliches just to make random, arbitrary noises while they have a drink in their hands. This is just, yeah, she's literally just describing Homer Simpson. <laughs> It's all good. That's what you think. Meow. Kitty's got her claws into you now. Take almost any guy and put him in a new pasture or habitat, and he'll immediately start mimicking the other animals there. Why? Because men, for the most part, feel weird around other men they don't know that well. And it takes men centuries to get to know each other, as they slowly, painstakingly eke out some clue about what is really going on with other men. They're all man sound, manly don't care sound, and ha ha, no care, woman care too much, silly woman, manly mumble. Paul, did you, what were you saying about this being a little bit, uh, hyperbole? <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, I feel like I've made my point, I'm just gonna sit back and listen to this. <laughs> Trust me, I am married to a nerdy, neurotic professor, and when you set that motherfucker down next to a dude he doesn't know, he is reduced to the lowest common denominator of tedious male small talk. Go ahead and tell me I'm gender fixated. You know who's the most fixated on gender anywhere ever? Men. <laughs> Dude. Uh, yeah. Uh, journalists are a special breed, man. <laughs> Fucking freaks. Particularly men who have long-term partners and are very good at being in long-term partnerships. Happily coupled men finally have the intimate relationships and best friends they've craved their entire lives in part because it takes them centuries to barely get to know other men. Dude, this is 
such bullshit. Like I know. Fuck. Like (laughs) I don't know. The two worst (laughs) advice columns we've had. Like this is. I think maybe it's because stupid. (laughs) Paul and I are sensitive boys, but like it does not take me that long to get to know other people I'm compatible with who are men. Like I have very close relationships with other men. Yeah. I don't enjoy this answer at all, and it's also being used to let somebody who did something really sexist and fucked up off the hook. He he was clearly weaponizing this exact thing, and then you're just doubling down on letting him do it. Um, okay, and this makes them even more paranoid about making man sounds. What does she think man sounds are? <laughs> what What is this? Like, is... No, <laughs> oh, I want my donut. I'm a man. <laughs> manly sound (laughs) y'all see the big game last night they seem less and less like their genuine good kind open weird selves around strangers and more and more like confused animals i like lily loofborough's essay about this and agree with the notion that most of us encourage and excuse bumbling men and it's a problem but in this case okay so she does kind of realize she's excusing it okay oh i think the weird thing to me was that she like started off being really not excusing it (laughs) <laughs> and then pivoted back to like, I th- it sounds like I'm excusing men or whatever. And I was like, no, it sounded like you just really hate men <laughs> and that you don't excuse any of it. Well, no, but she's almost she's almost infantilizing men so nothing can be their fault. You know what I mean? Like in her reality, men can't do wrong because they're too stupid to even know what they're doing. <laughs> they all qualify for the insanity defense or like the uh, <laughs> I didn't know about any better defense. Um But in this case, we are not talking about abuse of power or assault. If you're with a truly wonderful man and you trust him and you know that he understands at least some fraction of what you explained to him and that you thank your lucky stars that you found him every single day, then it behooves you to forgive him for his very typical man-sounding bullshit. You know what this is? This is literally what, what moms, whenever a boy does something like really fucked up at a high school whenever they do the boys will be boys thing this is this lady is doing a boys will be boys yeah for this guy's fuck up for something like he did that was genuinely like a rude and mean thing to do to his partner and i mean it's not like a relationship ending mistake but it's something they definitely need to discuss and figure out why it happened and for her not to just, just be do dismissed a, yeah for her to do a boys will be boys why do you care he's just a man it's just it's so stupid Shout out to Hari Kondabulu. He has a bit about boys will be boys. Uh, check out um, All American Comic. You should forgive him by explaining slowly and carefully exactly what feels wrong and regressive and unfair about what he said in front of everyone. But it sounds like you haven't talked to him about it yet. And that leads me to believe that you it really did embarrass you. You should admit that to yourself and him. I'm guessing that his remark embarrassed you more than anything under the sun could have embarrassed you. He could have gotten really drunk and thrown up all over your boss, and you would have been less embarrassed than you are now. Yeah, she's right. This is the this is the question asker's fault. This is her problem. How dare she care about this? <laughs> uh, because he implied that you want something from him out of the out of his weakness and neediness. He implied that you're sad and unoriginal and controlled by some idiotic skin deep narrative about marriage and weddings and happily ever after. Which brings us to you. Oof, I don't I don't know where this pivot's going, but I don't like that turn. <laughs> I don't like the sound of this turn. Okay. Yeah. Well, are we getting into the, like, she already did boys will be boys. Are we going to get into the victim blaming part of this article where it was her fault for Hold on, let me put reason? some more, Let me put some more stank on this. Which brings us to you. You want something more than Liev. Maybe it's not marriage. Maybe it's just a gesture. But you do want something. Or you wouldn't be so upset about this. 
And yes, of course, you don't need you don't need it. You know that you'll survive with or without him. You know that he's in for the long haul, but what you want is for him to give you more, to signal that he wants more too. You are incredibly ashamed of this desire of yours because this must mean that you're weak and stupid. This must mean that you are like everyone else. If you want something, you're automatically reduced to wanting it for the same reason everyone else wants it. You've spent your whole life looking down on this desire, and the worst thing in the world is that you discover some tiny scrap of it deep within yourself. Did I read that with the wrong inflection, or was that actually what she said? No, yeah, that's... What the... I, <laughs> what the I've fuck was that? Point. I've made my point. I'm, what I'm the good. fuck was Listener, that? Listener, you take her weird answer however you want. I don't even know what else to say. Bruv. <laughs> this shit's crazy. Hold on, how far am I? Okay, we got about... Okay, just a couple... Just a, a million more paragraphs, and then we're there. Um... Uh, Jesus Christ. Okay. <clears throat> Now you hate me just as much as you hate Liev for misunderstanding you, but stick with me here. You couldn't have written me the letter you wrote without caring about commitment and marriage or at least something in that neighborhood. I I don't think that's correct at all. Um, Okay, but uh, I'm sorry, but it's true. Even if I can't tell which dimension of marriage you secretly desire, I believe you when you say that weddings themselves do nothing for you. I believe that you don't necessarily care about rings. I would even venture to guess that you hated that part the most. Liev claiming that you secretly wanted a ring from him. Because in your mind, that is the most insulting thing. For him to imply that you want a man to claim you with a piece of jewelry. So I think what Polly does, and this is what her strategy is, is she takes the, um, she prints out the on paper the question that she was asked she crumbles it together (laughs) she boils it down she takes the ink that was printed on that paper she splats it on a paper and then she interprets the rorschach of what the question was (laughs) and not what was actually asked because this shit is going so far deep into like everyone's psyche in a way that is not productive at all or even accurate and a way that to me feels super inaccurate it feels like whatever her own issues are are really coming to the forefront like i'm gonna do the same thing to her because reading this i feel like i know more about polly which i I, while you were reading it i was looking up some stuff about her and she's from uh durham north carolina shout out to i know i mentioned that from there yeah um (laughs) you didn't say anything during the first shout out i i I probably wasn't listening to you oh fuck you that that classic man am i right podcast (laughs) is over i'm done with this shit i'm so tired of not being listened to classic men were just mumbling buffoons and uh, talking past each other this isn't a sports podcast so i wasn't listening you know what i mean yeah should we even keep reading fuck this this is so stupid yeah i think we're gonna do a thing where we'll edit this out but i'm gonna take like a second to silently read this or i'll just like speed read it and if like we need to go back and read any of it for the podcast we'll go back I don't know. If, I don't think it's funny for the podcast, but like in one of these paragraphs, she says it all makes perfect sense. Liev knows what you want, so apparently he's also simultaneously a bumbling idiot and then also a conniving like mastermind. Yeah, <laughs> none of this has been funny. Sound off in the comments. Should this be our last episode? Um, yeah. Now I uh, I don't feel bad anymore about taking down the median value of, of this publication, uh, listener base. Yeah, no, this was this was absolutely horrible. If anybody here reads or likes uh, Ask Polly, stop it. Stop it. She's stop no it. good. No uh, good. Paul and I are rolling up a newspaper. We're booping your nose right now. 
Stop it. <laughs> this is a big fact. No cap, nose boop. If you enjoyed any of that, you're a bad person. This is really unprecedented, but I think this is going to be the first time where I don't even know if anyone looks at our descriptions, but we are actually not going to link our articles. Paul and I are just going to link to one of our favorite memes of the week. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy that because they're going to be much more informative and much more fun than any of what we've read today. Oh, and we're going to do that thing where we have it actually like look like the link, but then we just hyperlink to the other thing. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, to sum up my issues with this, she's literally weaponizing regressive sexist ideas to forgive a actually problematic issue all while using progressive language as like a blanket to hide her like honestly super aggressive ideas behind. Uh, yeah, just incredibly reductionist, incredibly insulting, to be honest. Very insulting to both the writer and women in general. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say that. Like, I mean, maybe one critique of this that an outside party might have is like, oh, Paul and Adrian don't like how she's telling it how it is about how dumb men are. I don't really take too much offense, actually, to, like, her description of men, aside from the fact that it just, like, is obviously not hitting the mark uh, of reality. No, true. What I take offense with is that I thought the question writer had, like, a very legitimate problem, and she was using that stereotype to, like, almost gaslighting the person asking the question, like, oh, no, you're being crazy. The fact that I absolutely called in the way that I changed my tone, how she was trying to call out the ask, like, the question asker, I really didn't think it was actually going to go that way, and I don't know why I was surprised. Yeah. That was, yeah, that's, that's insane. Insane. I legitimately think I would not like this person if, if I met them. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't vote Polly for president because I wouldn't have a beer with her, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for bringing a little humor back into this. I'm wondering if we have to re-record this. Like, we went too negative, or maybe we should no, put a no, disclaimer I think there's this enough in a little... comedy episode. <laughs> I think uh, kind of like how I went really serious on the first question, I think you provided, or, yeah, how you provided some levity in the first question, I, I tried to bring back some levity in this question yeah okay so adrian this week and hopefully i'll be able to bring some levity back into this after uh i don't know how much of uh rant we will cut but hopefully this topical tip will bring some levity back into this podcast yeah let's get into it dude so i've been really enjoying watching oh, this wait, Paul, show sorry to interrupt but do you mind if i play a new topical tip theme um no absolutely not this you, you made a new theme this is yeah, so I think uh, a couple people got the bonus content because they're subscribed to our Patreon, um, but it's kind of a fun fact that the topical tip theme that we put in episode three was actually improvised off the top. Like, Paul was drumming on his desk, he did the singing, I added the just the tip, and I thought that was really fun. And we kind of questioned whether or not we could actually use it as a theme every week because we wanted to emphasize its improvisational nature. But I do want it to kind of live on. And so what I did today is I took it into FL Studio I chopped it up, sampled it, and then kind of made like a little remix for it. So, Paul, do you want to hear it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so here's what it sounds like. Can you hear that? Dude, I like it. It's dancey. What BPM is this? 140, baby. Dude, that was legitimately... That's that's fucking fire. I like that. <laughs> Thanks, for I'll send it to you. So really quick for all the um, 
production heads out there. Uh, I took uh, the, I took the original sample. I put it into SliceX and FL Studio, and so everything except for the kick and the clap, including the hi hats, are from our voices. So even like the uh, for those who don't know music, the like the are like when I said the T sound in just the tip. So I took that and made into like a hi hat. That was a surprisingly dancey intro. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I was uh I was influenced by a have you seen the YMS Cool Cat videos? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the kid threw sand on Cool Cat's face or whatever where he does like the little dance remix of that. That really, I fell asleep laughing to that last night. And so uh, I wanted to do like a little dancey remix of the topical tip. So um, we'll put in a better quality version for the actual um, uh, audio. But that was Paul's genuine reaction to listening to it for the first time. Go team. All right. Um, Adrian, it's been fun, buddy. It's been upsetting at times. It's there it's been a roller coaster but uh, it's been real it's been fun it's been yeah. real fun <laughs> bye it's a topical tip just the tip Yes.